Thanks for listening to the Faith Church Podcast. We are one church at five locations, streaming online every Sunday morning at live.faithishere.org. We hope that you're challenged and encouraged by today's message. And if you'd like to watch or listen to previous messages, or if you'd like to learn more about who we are as a church and how you can stay connected, head over to faithishere.org. Haley, my time is nearly gone. I will, but don't be hard upon me, Jacob. Please. I am here to warn you that you have yet a chance and a hope of escaping my fate. A chance of my procuring Ebenezer. You were always a good friend to me, Jacob. Thank you. You will be haunted by three spirits. That's the chance and hope. I'd rather not. Expect the first tomorrow when the bell tolls one. Couldn't I take them all at once and have it over with, Jacob? Looks like the second, the next night at the same hour. And the third, upon the next night when the last stroke of twelve has ceased to vibrate. Bah, humbug. (laughs) I think of uh, the movies we've been looking at, probably the most classic and iconic is A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. In fact, some people have even said it was a Christian allegory. So there's a lot of Christian messages and overtones in this incredible story by Charles Dickens, written in uh, 1843. And Dickens was initially inspired by a vision, uh, a visit to the ragged school for children. And they had a school where all the poor would come, all the orphans would come, all those that no one else loved and would care for or take care of. And when he got in there and he saw the abject poverty and the way those kids were treated, then uh, it kind of prompted him to write this, what we have now is a Christmas carol. And the other major theme is not just about the poor and the plight of the poor in London at this time, but it was about the ability for a person to change. And I have got awesome news for you. God can change anybody. Anybody. Even the Scrooges out there in your life, even though we were all Scrooges before we came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ came in and changed us and transformed us. So that is the theme of the story today. Uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, Dickens defines him as this in his his story. He was a squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. Right? That, pretty good description there. So, so if someone calls you a Scrooge, it's not a compliment. They are not saying something good about you. In fact, it's now the word Scrooge has entered the English dictionary as another synonym for miser. And so you see that all carried through in this theme of Ebenezer Scrooge. He is the embodiment of the worst in human nature 
and yet he is given a chance to change. And so the stories about transformation and, and the sorrow and the grieving turns into joy, and it's an amazing story. Now, in the clip you saw at the beginning, he was visited by his former business partner, Jacob Marley. And uh, Jacob Marley comes back, and he warns him of a terrible fate that's going to come his way unless he changes his life or unless he changes his ways, and he's going to get a visit from three different ghosts, Christmas past, present, and future. And so all these ghosts are in an attempt to transform Scrooge's life, to make him different going forward. Now, we all love the idea of a second chance, don't we? Just, just wouldn't it be great if you could go back and take those words you've said or those things you've done or all that's happened in your past and just kind of reel it on in and go back and undo the past and start all over again? right? We, we, there's so many things I have done. I have failed over and over again. And I think some of the, if I could just go back and undo the past and redid it, uh, that, that would be awesome in my life. But yet I will tell you with the Lord Jesus Christ, there is power to change. But how many live their life thinking that I can never change, that those past mistakes, those past hurts, those past failures define my life? The good news is the gospel. The gospel literally means good news that Jesus Christ can change everybody. It is never, ever too late to change. And I want to tell you, if you've came here today needing a change in your life, you've come to the right place at the right time because the Lord can get a hold of your heart even in this service this morning. Change always starts with the Lord Jesus Christ. Begins with him, ends with him always in Christ. So let's take our Bibles out, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and let's stand together this morning for the reading of God's Word. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we'll read one verse today, we'll read many more throughout the message, but we'll, for now we'll just read this one. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Amen. Isn't that amazing? In Christ Jesus, the old has gone, the new is here. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. We thank you, God, that no matter how miserable and wretched we are, you can come in and change the hardest of hearts. You can redeem us. You can forgive us. You can cleanse us. And you can give us a brand new life in you. So I pray today that you will speak through your word in Jesus' holy, mighty name. Amen and amen. Turn to someone, tell them to look very festive today, and then you may be seated. Now, the one thing you can't change is your past. You can change your present today. You can even change your future eternity, your future destination. But the one thing you cannot change is your past. If you're having difficulty making that crucial step towards the Lord Jesus Christ, some of you are locked in your past and bound to that, and, and you just say, God can't possibly change me. You don't know how much hurt I've been through. You don't know how much I've pain I've suffered growing up. You don't know what my childhood is like. You don't know what I've just experienced. And somehow, the enemy convinces us that it's too late for us. 
that there's no way that we can possibly change. We think of all the hurts and all the pains and all the brokenness and all the terrible things we've done, and we struggle with the idea that I can somehow leave the past behind and move forward. And what happens is we can become prisoners to our past experience. All those things that have happened in our past life can literally become chains and bondage that locks us down. And this is what we see in our main character in the story, Ebenezer Scrooge. He is locked into his past, and, and, the, and he's reminded of the time when he was in the orphanage, and, it, and all the kids got to go away for the holiday weekend, but his father never called for him. Can you imagine what it's like growing up being rejected by your own dad? and forgotten and left behind. And then he's reminded of the time when his, uh, his own sister dies giving ch- in childbirth, giving birth to her son, Fred, who was Scrooge's nephew. And you'll encounter him throughout the story. And so, so he's dealing with the loss of his sister. And after that happens, he makes this commitment, I will never ever love again. I'm done loving. I love my father and he bailed on me. I, I love my sister and she died on me and, 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 and no more love for me until finally there comes a time in his life when he meets Belle. Take a look. Another idol has replaced me. Another idol? What idol? A golden one. There is nothing on this earth more terrifying to me than a life doomed to poverty. May I ask, why do you condemn with such severity the honest pursuit of substance? You fear the world too much, Ebenezer. Changed. Changed? Perhaps grown wiser. But I have not changed toward you. Our contract is an old one. It was made when we were both poor and content to be so. When it was made... You were another man. I was a... I release you, Ebenezer. Sought release. In words, no. In what then? In an altered spirit. In another atmosphere of life. In everything that made my love of any worth in your sight. Tell me, Ebenezer, if this contract had never been between us, would you seek me out now? Ah, oh, no. 
you think not? I would gladly think otherwise if I could. But if you were free today, would you choose a dowerless girl? A girl left penniless by the death of her parents? You who weighs everything by gain? I release you, Ebenezer. May you be happy in the life you've chosen. Spirit, remove me from this place. I told you, these were shadows of things that have been. They are what they are. Do not blame me. Remove me, I cannot bear it. Painful experiences defined who Ebenezer was, and he allowed his poverty growing up to change his mindset. So now his new idol, his new God becomes money and things and possessions. And how much do we see in America today where that's the, that's the idol that we worship today? I, I was in Nepal, and I saw them bowing down to idols and offering sacrifices and the bloody religion that is there. And yet, and we say, well, we don't have idolatry in America, but I will tell you, silver and gold has become our idol in America today. And Scrooge clutches onto that like his whole life counts on what he has and what he possesses. Your past may be excruciating, perhaps full of pain and heartache more than you can imagine. Maybe you've made one poor choice after another. And, and so what, how do we cope with our past? Sometimes we try to run from it and we think, if I can just forget it, if I can just run from it, if I can ignore it ever existed. Uh, and other times we think we can change it, but you heard the story, you cannot change your past. What is done is done. And sometimes people just live in this shadow of regret. And, the, and the, the, the most common words that come from their mouth, if only, if only I'd had this break, if only this had happened to me differently, if only I had a better home, if only I had a better job, if only I, I, I'd had a better marriage, if only I'd had a better this or that. And sometimes that if only can take the form of blaming others for everything that happens in our life, every tragedy, every pain, every heartache, and we live in this land of regret. And the reality is you cannot change your past. And if you live your life and you're always looking back at your past, you literally become enchained or a prisoner of your own past. Now listen to me. For you who are in Christ Jesus, listen to me. Paul gives a very, very good word of instruction in Philippians 3.13. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Let me say that again. One thing I do. I forget what is behind because if you are in Christ Jesus, every sin, every failure, every fault is covered in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The enemy tries to bring it up again. He tries to haunt you with your past, but in Christ Jesus, my past has been taken away and the Bible said all things become new. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead? And you have this imagery of a racer straining to cross the finish line. Listen, give your past to Jesus Christ and allow him to set you free today. He can take the chains off. He can take the bondage off. He can absolutely set you free. And he goes on in verse 14 to say, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You kick 
You can't change your past, but I want to tell you, Jesus Christ can come in, and he can change your present, your right now, and he can give you hope for a future. Now, that kind of leads me to my second point. He's going to have a second visit from ghost number two, the ghost of Christmas present. And this ghost will take him through a quick tour of London. He will stop by his nephew's house and see them making fun of him. And, uh, and yet Fred speaks kindly of Scrooge. And then he takes him to his overworked and underpaid clerk, a man by the name of Bob Cratchit. And he sees Bob Cratchit and he sees Tiny Tim. And thus we have this scene right here. Little Timmy, behave. As good as gold. And better. Somehow he gets thoughtful sitting by himself so much and he thinks the strangest things you ever heard. He told me coming home that he hoped the people saw him in church because he was a cripple. And it might make pleasant for them to remember the poor Christmas day who made Lane Beggars walk and blind men see. I believe he, he grows more hearty and stronger every day, my dear. The pudding looks delicious. The whole wash house smells like a pastry cook shop. Spirit, tell me. Will Tiny Tim... I see a vacant seat in the poor chimney corner and a crotch without an owner. Carefully preserved. I don't believe I've ever seen a more magnificent goose cook. It's a beautiful bird, that's for sure. But I pray that one Christmas, perhaps children might taste a turkey. Perhaps one day, my dear. Perhaps one day. A toast to Mr. Scrooge, the founder of our feast. Ha! Founder of the feast, indeed. I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon and I'd hope he'd have a good appetite for it. My dear, you children, it's Christmas Day. It's Christmas Day, I'm sure. How can one drink the health of, of such an odious, stingy, odd, unfeeling man as Mr Scrooge? You know he is, Robert. Nobody knows it better than you. My dear, Christmas Day. I'll drink his health for your sake and the day's not for his. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You'll be very merry and very happy, I have no doubt. A Merry Christmas to us all, my dears. God bless us. God, God bless, bless us. us. God bless us. Everyone. <laughs> a Merry Christmas. God bless. Kind spirit. Say Tiny Tim will be spared. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child will die. Die? No, spirit. No. What then? If he is to die, he had better do it. And decrease the surplus population.
Scrooge had all the success that money could buy. He had all the wealth you could ever dream or imagine. But in things that really mattered, he had nothing. He was in poverty. Never dawned on him until he sees the present, what's going on around him. And, and that, that begins to change him. Scrooge, kind of you see in the, in the clip that he starts to feel some regret. He starts to feel some remorse and concern for little tiny Tim. So the coldness of his past starts to fade away and melt away, but the only thing that can melt away our past and our hurts and our pain is love. Love is, love is the one thing that, that comes into our hearts, and, and he saw the love of his nephew Fred, and he sees the love of Bob Cratchit, even though he doesn't deserve it, even though he treats Bob like a servant or a slave, he senses the love of Bob, and somehow that slowly begins to unthaw his hard, cold heart. I want to tell you, the only thing that will melt your heart today of coldness and hardness is the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he can change us and transforms us, and he loves us so very, very much, even when we don't deserve it, even though when we're Scrooges and lousy and, and, and deal with the stuff we deal with, God still loves you. And that's the message of the gospel. Listen to Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't die for us because we were good or awesome or amazing or we deserved it, but he died for us while I was still a sinner, while I was still a Scrooge. Christ died for me. Even though we may be far from God, even though we may be shaped by our past, even though we may be hard and cruel like Scrooge, God loves us and he still desires to have a relationship with us. And that's the amazing truth of the gospel. Listen to what it says in 1 John 4, 10. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now, if we are going to reach the Scrooges all around us, it's going to be by love. And when I use the term Scrooges, I'm not talking about people who may necessarily be mean or cruel or ugly, but I'm talking about people who do not know Jesus Christ. For without Jesus Christ, we have no hope. And so what's going to happen is in the next week, the next couple of weeks, you're going to get with families and you're going to see Scrooge. And he's going to, it may be your cousin, it may be your aunt or uncle, it may be your husband or wife. You're going to go to work and you're going to see Scrooge every single day you work at that job. You're going to go in your neighborhoods and drive in and out of the neighborhoods and you're going to see Scrooge next door. And there are Scrooges all around us. Listen, the only way that we're going to reach Scrooge out there is if we show the same love for them that Christ showed for us. And as we begin to love them and show the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, it will begin to break down even their hardest hearts. And that's exactly what we see happening with Bob Cratchit in loving Scrooge. Nonetheless, we can reach them. It goes on in verse 11 of 1 John 4 to say, Dear friends, since God so loved us, because God loves us so much, we also ought to love one another. And so you become the hands and the feet and the eyes and the mouth to share the love of the Lord Jesus Christ with all those who are around you. Love. When you're confronted by the amazing love of God that we have done nothing to deserve, that love begins to melt our hardness and our past and begins to, to bring about a, a, a desire to repent and change and turn to the living God. God desires to forgive and bring us into relationship with him. 
And he's already paid the price for our salvation. That's the amazing thing of the gospel. He died on the cross. He took my place when I should have been hung there, but Christ died for us while we were still yet sinners. And when I understand the amazing love of God, then I want to say, God, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I, I give it back to you. And we repent and turn back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, uh, we want to show you one more ghost. Take a look. From these ends will change, isn't that so? No! No! Am I that man who lay upon the bed? Spirit, hear me! I'm not the man I was! Why show me this if I've lost all hope? Spirit! to show me that I may change these shadows you've shown me, change them by an altered life. No, spirit. No. No, spirit. Good spirit. Shut out the lessons of the past, nor present, nor future. Oh, pray, Spirit, tell me I may sponge away the writing on that stone. Yeah. 
I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. I don't know what to do. I'm light as a feather. Mary is a schoolboy. <laughs> I've heard that laugh before. <laughs> uh, the most frightening of the spirits was the third, uh, the spirit of our future. I, I think if people do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, it's got to be the most frightening thing in their entire life to face eternity without knowing what's going to happen to you, what's happening in your future, where you're going to go, where you will spend eternity. And there are so many who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you, I've done some funeral sermons where I don't know if they knew Jesus Christ or not, and those are so very, very hard to preach, and it's so hard to bring hope to the congregation because you don't know where your loved one is. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you have no hope for your future. It's, it's interesting that the, in this... Uh, depiction of Scrooge, they showed a, a fire or the glowing behind the casket. And, and I don't know if that was uh, where that came from. I don't know if you see that in the other ones or not. But, but the idea is, the Bible says, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ and you die, you will pass into eternity. And he describes eternity as a lake of fire and brimstone where the worm dies not. He describes in other places as a place of outer darkness. And it's eternal separation from the living God, your creator, forever and ever, for all eternity. And so, so uh, the future without Jesus Christ is bleak and dark and hopeless. But the good news is, he says, I have come that you might have what? Everlasting life. And so when you give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, he not only secures your present, but he takes care of your future. And forever you will be with him in all eternity. And that's our hope today. And it's not just a story. It's not just an allegory. It's a reality. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And that your future will be determined by the choice you make right here on this earth. What are you going to do with Jesus Christ? Notice the, 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 the transformation that takes place and the joy that, that floods over Scrooge when he realizes he hasn't blown his last chance and, he gives, and, and he, he, he just, he's got a new start. He's got a new beginning. He's got a new choice. He, he's been forgiven of all of his past wrongs and his past failures. And he goes from bah humbug to now I'm as giddy as a schoolboy. How many can remember the day you gave your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? Remember the joy that came in when the burden was gone and your life changed and you finally discovered your purpose once and for all and now you know that your future is secure. That no matter when we leave this life, I know that I will never ever be separated from the presence of the Lord. The apostle Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And there is a resurrection day coming when Jesus Christ comes back and the Bible says the trumpet of God shall sound, the voice of the archangel. Graves will open up all over the place. Uh, the, the graves will have to give up their dead and there will be a, a, a reuniting of the body and the spirit and we will get a new body, uh, a glorified body suited for our new eternal existence with the Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, that is my hope. My future has been changed by what Jesus Christ has done through the power of the cross. Wow. 
There's no greater joy than knowing Jesus Christ. There's no greater purpose than living inside of his love. There's no greater joy than knowing every sin, every failure of my past has been forgiven and my future is secured. That's why I have reason, like the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Doesn't matter what's going on around me, I can still rejoice. Because I got Jesus Christ. I got everything in him. I have my hope for the future. It's the message of Christmas. You know, one of the songs you hear over and over again, in fact, we open with that song this morning, is joy to the world. The Lord has come. And because Jesus Christ has come, he brought with that, that joy, 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 unspeakable joy. And I have it through the Lord Jesus Christ. Scrooge, knowing he's been given a second chance, he embarks on this new life filled with joy. And he's going to be changed from a miser now to a generous man as he fulfills the purposes in his life. And so take a look. <laughs> a full 16 minutes late. What do you mean by coming here at this time of day? I'm oh, very sorry, sir. I, uh, I am a bit behind in my time. You are indeed. Step in here. Well, it's only once a year, sir. It, it shall not be repeated. I, I was making rather merry yesterday. Now, I'll tell you what, Mr. Cratchit. I'm not going to stand for this sort of thing any longer. And therefore... And therefore, I am about to raise your salary. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, Bob. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Bob, my good fellow. Then I have given you in many a year. I'll raise your salary and do whatever I can to help your struggling family. And we'll discuss your affairs this very afternoon over a bowl of Christmas punch. But first, let's make up the fires. I want you to go out and buy another scuttle of coal before you dot another eye, Bob Cratchit. Off with you, Bob. We've was saving to do. Hey-ho, Bob! Yeah. Yes, sir. Right away, sir. <laughs> And Scrooge was better than his word. He did all that he said he would. And more. And to our tiny Tim, who got well, Scrooge was like a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city ever knew. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well. And so, as tiny Tim observed, God bless us! Everyone. 
Before, uh, before that Christmas Eve, Scrooge was just existing. He's going through life, going through the motions, living in the pain of his past, just existing. I wonder how many today are just existing. You know, the Bible says that if we don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, we are dead in trespasses and sins. And even though we may be walking and breathing and eating, if we don't have Jesus Christ, our spirit man is dead and we are simply existing. We are not living. But if you want to live, you will find that life in the Lord Jesus Christ. He can change you and transform you you can change, you can't change your past, but I want to tell you, God can shape your future. He can give you the purpose for why he created you, and he can give you a hope for your new future with him forever and ever in glory. We're celebrating at Christmas the birth of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus came to earth. He didn't come just so we can have, sing songs and have a cute little baby in a manger scene set under our Christmas tree, but the Bible says he came and he lived on this life. God took on flesh. God dwelt among us that we might know him, that we might relate to him, and he wound up giving his life for us so that, that if we believe in him, we will have everlasting life. John 3 and verse number 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, not perish, but have everlasting life. It's interesting that the name, the first name for Scrooge is Ebenezer, Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, Charles Dickens gave him that name. It's interesting to note that Ebenezer was not a common name at this time period in Elizabethan England. And so he gives him the name Ebenezer. Ebenezer, that word has an unusual meaning. It literally means stone of help. Stone of help. You might remember in the Old Testament when it talks about the children of Israel, how they would always along the way, they would mark their journey, their spiritual progress with what they called memorial stones or stones of help. When they came to the promised land and Joshua was about to lead them into the promised land, they had been in the wilderness, they had been delivered from bondage, and, and the Bible says they crossed the Jordan River, and he says, when you cross this river, God dries it up. He says, I want you to take out stones of remembrance or Ebenezer's. I want you to take those memorial stones, and I want you to set them up on the other side of a river, and anytime somebody sees that stone, tell them, this is what God did for me, this is how God set me free and led me out of bondage. This is how God divided the Jordan River. This is how God led me into the promised land. This is what God did for me, Ebenezer. In this whole movie of Scrooge, whatever version you watch or whatever version you see, is about those memorial stones in Ebenezer's life that, that have a process of changing him and bringing joy back into his life. Change is possible. And that's the bottom line message. I don't care what's happened to you. You can change because God loves you. God cares about you. And even this morning in this church, this can be your Ebenezer moment. There's a memorial stone erected that says, on this day in December 2018, I gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ, and old things passed away, and all things become new. But you say, Pastor, how do I receive that? I don't know about your family, but in our family, we'll have the Christmas tree on Christmas Day, and we'll be passing out gifts. 
And there's gifts that, that God has for his children. And the main gift of all is everlasting life. And it comes with the acceptance of Jesus Christ. But I can have that gift and I can shake it in my hand and I can tell you it's yours. It's an awesome gift. It's already been paid for. But if you don't reach out your hands and take the gift and open it up, it will never, ever be yours. And so the word of God tells us how we take that gift of the Lord Jesus Christ and everlasting life and describes it this way in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that, that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him up from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And so what happens, you've come here this morning and the Holy Spirit's dealing with you. If you believe that Jesus died and rose again for you, and then you, you confess he is Lord, and not just the Lord of all creation, but the Lord of my life. God, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. You pray a simple prayer like that. The Bible says you will be saved. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Faith Church Podcast. We are one church at five locations, streaming online every Sunday morning at live.faithishere.org. We hope that you're challenged and encouraged by today's message. And if you'd like to watch or listen to previous messages, or if you'd like to learn more about who we are as a church and how you can stay connected, head over to faithishere.org. 